Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling into the 4 o'clock hour. Reno's here. Las Vegas, ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. Adam Hill is the company. Ari is in the Finley Toyota Studios. Cofield. First four on Wednesday being played. We know Nevada's up at 6 o'clock, 6.10 against Arizona State. Uh, FDU against Texas Southern. Did you have a play in this game? Nope. FDU up 20 to 13. They were two-point dogs. I saw a lot of people getting on FDU as a crappy team. I don't think they're very good defensively, but that they weren't even the conference champ. Because what's the deal? Merrimack is on like a 50-year probation. No, it's a four-year transition period. Right. And they've been winning really consistently Yeah, since they've jumped up to Division One, yeah. and they couldn't make the tournament. So FDU in their place, but so far, doing well against Texas Southern. It's 20-13, to 13, 11 and a half left in the first half. All right, big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. Of course, news of the day is a lot of big names on the move or are being forced to move. Aaron Rodgers today on the Pat McAfee show said I made it clear my intention was to play and to play for the New York Jets. He was talking about last week. I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation the Packers have been trying to get for me. And uh, kind of digging their heels in. Zeke Elliott, known as a cowboy stalwart, big producer up until the last couple years. It looked like he had restructured his contract to stay around in Dallas. No dice. He was cut, or at least it was announced that they planned to release Zeke Elliott. This is fascinating because what's next for Zeke? I mean, I think we could see this coming because Tony Pollard's a franchise Tag, hey, he's a running back. He rushed for over 1,000 yards last year, had 12 touchdowns. There wasn't a place for Zeke at $16 million. So is there now a Zeke, is there now Zeke Elliott sitting on the free agent market for like $5 million a year at running back? There's not a place for any running back at $16 million. Right. We get it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot harder to do it when he's rushing for 1,700 yards. Of course. When he's when he's going 2-7 a carry the last four games yeah. and, and finishes the year with, you know, 850 yards. There's no way you can do it. When he's your backup running back. And he's you, a backup running back. You yeah. can't, you can't yeah. make that make that move. So, yeah, I, I mean, look, there, there already is some movement in the running back market. Uh, look, You know, the Lions went and got David Montgomery. Then the Saints literally in the last five seconds uh, just signed Jamal Williams. So he goes from Ooh. Detroit down to the Saints to play so with Derek Carr. lots of insurance when Alvin Kamara is suspended. You think that's sure. a given? Six games, yeah. Uh, it's a you joke standard. Going, going back eight years, but yeah. based uh, on what we've seen so far, it, it's not looking good for him. He's got to pay some kind of price. It just depends when the case is adjudicated mm-hmm. and when it goes through, and probably could be this year. And it was already pushed off a whole a whole season, so it probably will be at some point this year. So yeah, it's a, a good guy to have and a great locker room guy. I mean, he's one of the best locker room guys <laughs> very, in the very, entire league. Very passionate, yeah. And he's he's at. He does give you something that Kamara is not great at, and that is power between the tackles. Because last year he was a freaking beast scoring touchdowns. Yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, and he'll go down there and and you know add to that room for sure. So you know, good move there. But you know, there, there's just teams that are going to be shuffling around and looking for guys. And you know, by the way, there's another. You know, it's not like Zeke is the only big name. I mean, he's. I think his name is bigger than his production and his ability right now. But um, you know, Austin Eckler is available out there if somebody wants to make a trade for him. 
number three. Which is where I want to go next. Will the Chargers just bring in Zeke Elliott for like five, six mil a year and go, sorry, heck. You got to move. Good luck getting that. And they already did it. I don't know if they put it this way, but like, good luck getting that 12, 13, 14 million. Because, Adam, when you look through the National Football League for Austin Eckler, where are the spots where someone's going to give him a four year deal with an average of like 13 million a year? Carolina. But uh, I actually, I think those those are the most likely spots, which will be interesting for Eckler. What's most important? Is it money? Because the spots that can take you are the spots similar to where you've been, which is they will have a rookie quarterback or a second-year quarterback on the cheap, yeah. and you'll be helping that quarterback, and you get paid. But he's not going to go anywhere with a quarterback who's making thirty to $55 million. Yeah, he's a great running back for a young quarterback to lean on. He'll, he's an outlet. He's really good in the passing game. He's a good, he's a good uh, blitz, he's a blitz pickup guy. You do all those things that will help a young quarterback. Um, so I think that makes some sense. And, you know, a team like that would be where he'd probably end up going. Uh, but in terms of Zeke and your call of, hey, maybe he goes to the Chargers, who's the Chargers offensive coordinator now? Kellen Moore from Dallas. So it'll be interesting to see if the Chargers are interested, if, if he says, yeah, that's a guy I can work with. Or, look, Kellen Moore wanted to throw the ball a lot and not use his running backs enough, according to people down there. So... Uh, what do you want, Zeke? I, I don't know. I think that'll be fascinating to find out if they want him. Could the Commanders be a spot for Eckler since apparently the Falcons and the Commanders are planning on going relatively cheap at quarterback with Heineke down in Atlanta, and the Commanders, it looks like they're going to sign Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I mean, it, it would it would make some sense. It's pretty um, crazy. I suppose, I mean, but they do, have, they do have Robinson. You got, really like. you got one of the more effective running backs in terms of scoring touchdowns. He's not a traditional power guy between the tackles. And you look around the league and you're like, eh, well. But again, how much of it? No, no one wants a guy that productive. How much of his, I, I, look, I love Austin Eckler. There's not a shot at Austin Eckler. But how much of his touchdown production is everybody spread out defensively because Justin Herbert can throw the ball anywhere he wants? Like, that's something to keep in mind. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not of the... Of the mindset of you know paying a running back necessarily, but in his case, he's going to help out a, a young quarterback. So that that's the place you want to go. Like if he he should be staying with the Chargers, that's where he should be. But if he wants to go somewhere else, it's going to be a team that has a young quarterback that's not paying a much that wants to help him out in his development by having a guy like Austin Eckler. So you're going to choose money probably over potentially winning. Khalil Herbert really a number one running back in Chicago? I mean, I don't know if he's durable, but he's talented. So yeah, I mean, for right now he is. Um, that could be another potential landing spot too. Although he's a very, he's somewhat similar player. I mean, I don't know if you if you're going to bring in another running back in Chicago if you want to have a different type of running back. Number two. So we mentioned the Raiders right now are ten mil over the cap. Seems like they should have more money. Will they have more money by Friday? Is there a duplication of skill sets with their receiver group now? Yeah. They're going to be paying three guys and $11 million or more at receiver. Yeah, but right now they don't have a tight end. So, I mean, are you just going to go all wide outs? <laughs> Maybe you're just going to play four wide. Or, uh, you know, you've obviously got guys like, you know, that can play inside. You know, Renfro's a good, good slot guy. I think they're going to probably plan to play Myers a little bit more outside. But um, he can play in the slot, obviously, too. Um, so yeah. is, is Renfro here come this weekend? Because there are I mean, salary cap implications if he's dealt this week. Yeah. I mean, we're... Word around the building is that they are not going to deal him, but I, <laughs> I think he probably should be available. Like if 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 that if you if you are constructing the roster the way that you are doing it, and you're going to bring in Jacoby Myers and pay him about the same amount that you're paying Hunter Renfro, like it does seem like he'd become expendable. And at this point, 
if I'm anyone that was on the roster before they got here, I feel like I'm probably expendable because they've moved on from almost every, there's like three guys left. Number one. So Aaron Rodgers says, hey, told the Packers, told the Jets last week, Friday, and I want to play for the Jets. Uh, he goes on McAfee today. He confirms that. Then says, hey, the Packers are digging in their heels. Okay. This will be interesting now. Like, who has the power in this whole thing? You know, I made the strong pitch earlier, I believe it's strong, that the Jets have the power. There's no other bidders for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can also be part of the Jets' side in this power play. Uh, You'll hear A.J. Hawk here uh, ask on the McAfee show, hey, on these trade talks, have you been involved? How active have you been in the whole process here, Aaron? Uh, pretty hands off with that, honestly. Um, I've just been focused on working out and you know taking care of my business. You know, I obviously have an agent and and the GMs uh, have been talking. I'm sure about that. Uh, at this point, you know, like I said, it's my intention uh, to play for the Jets, uh, but I'm still under contract with the Packers. Okay, so he's playing it cool there, and I was McAfee asking the question. Then I think he laid out an argument, whether you like it or not. He laid out the argument. That, hey, I want to go elsewhere. You owe me. Uh, I'm not cool with you fleecing my next team. I think we all just assumed that that would have got done. I think that's why we're all thinking that it was you. Has this surprised you a little bit as well or no? I mean, not really, honestly. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Why not? And I would say this is debatable, but I'm debatably the best player in franchise history. I'm in the conversation for sure. That was awesome. (laughs) What's not what's not debatable is I'm the longest tenure backer in history, and nobody has bled green and gold like me. Is that the way you took it? That he just threw out, just lobbed the bomb their way, like do what's right. <laughs> yes, that's... do what's right. Yeah, stop dragging your feet and make the freaking deal. Yeah, I mean I think so. But then if I mean that's the case that he's making. But at the same time, if you are making the case that hey I'm the best player in franchise history, then we should probably get a lot for you. Then if we're going to trade you, right. Like, you're the best player that we've ever had in this entire storied history of the franchise. We're not giving you up for a fifth-round pick. Hey, you'll remember this is also the the case I pitched for the Raiders to get him, that Rodgers could go to the Packers and be like, cut it out. You're not going to ask the next team for the number seven pick in the draft. You're not going to fleece them. And what's the, what's the ultimate chip that Rodgers holds? Retirement. Yep. And I believe he'll do it. Or isn't it almost worse than retirement? I'm playing. <laughs> let's have let's yeah. have an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. I'm I'm okay, fine. I'm don't trade me. I'm playing. What do they do at that point? Pull a Deshaun Watson. Then they probably have to trade him. <laughs> do it. Flexing. Jets. Rogers. Although what they you could know, do, you know, I love when players screw with teams. Although what love they it. could do is also he could say I'm playing and say fine, you're playing. And then trade him right at the beginning of training camp when he doesn't have time for an offseason to <laughs> acclimate to a new team, which they could do too. Uh, he also wanted to address this story that's been going around for the last four days. It kind of made him look bad. We even you know, had one of our guests on last hour who was getting on Aaron Rodgers for having a wish list of players that the Jets needed to go out and grab. It's so ridiculous. Hey, that's yeah. happening though. Like you need to oh, know. Yeah. You need to know that. I know you like you're in your house. Whales are probably out there mm-hmm. birthing and stuff yep. out in Malibu. Just ask, ask Schefter what I text him when he somehow got my number and texted me. You know, I didn't respond to Diana Rossini. I think her name is, but like I would say the same thing that I told Sheffy. Shefty, lose my number. 
I'll speak for myself. You know, from what I've seen, it's like I had a sheet of paper when I met with the Jets and I said, uh, sign these people. And that's not the reality. That's okay. so ridiculous. It's so stupid to think that I would do it number one. Now, did they ask me about certain guys that I'd play with over the years? Of course. Did I talk glowingly about teammates that I love? Yeah. And he did. He followed it up by talking about why Alan Lazard would be good for any team. So he goes after uh, Shefty and uh, Diana Rossini. We all know Big Bruce, so don't act like you don't know who she is. By the way, uh, Shefty sent the screenshot of Aaron Rodgers' text, but he left out what he texted him. Right. And Aaron Rodgers kind of threw like, all right, well, maybe I'll send out what he texted what he texted me. Do you think Schefter processes stuff like that? Uh, no. You, th- or you think he was all geeked up, like hey, I'm going to protect myself and I'm going to show him? No, I think he he was he almost was taking a shot at himself of like, yeah, that's really what he texted me. Okay, he texted because he texted a all screenshot right. that said, you know, lose my number. So he he said like, yeah, he did. He really did. I can confirm that's what he texted me. But he left out. I, I would have liked to see like, hey, what did you text him? What did you say to him? Because he deleted it from the screenshot. That all said, do you believe he didn't give the Jets a list? Well, I, look. Where you, did Rossini get again, that from? Again, you have to. You have where, to, where did Rossini get that from? Well, because again, I don't think she pulled it out of thin air. Right. I think she has a source that told her about a list, and maybe they misrepresented what the list well, you is. Have to, you have to but speak, I don't think she just made it up. You have to speak Aaron. He said, oh, like, I walked in there and handed him a sheet of paper. Right. No, you probably texted them. Like, yes, yes, I'm sure he told them, hey, I want these guys. Big Fork 4 is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Offices in Reno and Henderson in Las Vegas. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. That's the number to call. Matt or Justin, advice, help. Give them a call. Battleborn Injury Lawyers. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. My God, I'm putting a lot of time into the brackets. I was just messing again, Adam, with our, our bracket contest. We can't win it, but we're up there. You can compete against us. Mine is under SC Radio, Steve Cofield Radio, SC Radio. LVSportsNetwork.com, LVSportsNetwork.com. Are you in? Did you enter? No, I'm doing all mine tonight, officially. What are you, you going to do? You can't fight him on it. It's the same thing. It's consistent. I always do Wednesday nights. That's when I do all my – I haven't entered any of my contests yet. Do you think you're sticking with your Final Four? No. Oh, for uh, for this one, yeah. You don't have to. You had Alabama, Purdue, Texas, Gonzaga. Yeah, I'll stick with that. I just I moved. On the I just moved Texas in. Then I, I moved. Uh, I moved the Cougars out. Oof. I'm very West Coast heavy on mine. Very well, West Coast. heavy. I mean, I, look, I'm. I, I've been a, a Houston person all year long, but the Sasser injury is huge. And I know that, you know, they're saying he's going to be okay, but now all of a sudden he's a game-time decision tomorrow. Like, how long can this linger? I have never hated a bracket more than the East. Well, it's... Now, to be honest, I can't remember. It's a but. weird... It's a really weird bracket because it's it's got... It's like the bluest of blue blood regions of all time. But a lot of those teams aren't what they once were. Right. Like, so, do you really believe Marquette's a top-eight team in the country? No. They're the two. Purdue's the one. I don't like Purdue. I kind of do. I don't like Duke that much. I know you picked Duke. Tennessee's beat the hell. Metrics also don't play out well for Tennessee. But I think I picked Purdue in ours. You did? Yeah. I, oh, I, I will not pick Purdue. I know. Oh. Well, I don't I don't like your pick. I don't like I don't like Purdue as a pick. Oh. 
You said you said I picked Duke. Either, either no, way. Oh, yeah. okay. You didn't. You're right. Yeah. We had we had three other people on the show pick Duke to go yeah. to the final. Everybody's four. picking Duke. A lot of a lot of Alabamas as well. Jay Cornegay is with us from the Westgate. What's up, Jay? Hey guys, how are you? We're good. So first of all, tell us about the uh, setup. You guys always do a great job, and you've got the theater. I know uh, they have to buy seats. Is it sold out, or are there still seats open? Well, Thursday and Friday are a little tight, and yes. uh, Saturday is okay. Okay, but yet uh, they they can guarantee themselves a seat if they go to Ticketmaster.com and uh, reserve a seat there. Yes, there's a, a small fee for it. Uh, but at least you have a guaranteed seat. You don't have to worry about standing in line two hours before the doors open. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, you guys will be loaded up with specials as well. Yeah, we got food and drink specials going on. Some giveaways going on down there. We will have a betting station uh, down there Thursday and Friday. Uh, so, you know, we're we're uh, we're really promoting the mobile down there, trying to get everybody to sign up there. It makes everything uh, a little easier for everyone. So uh, we're pushing that. We got a couple of mobile specials. If they uh, sign up new accounts, they all get bet 100, get 100. Uh, they get a free bucket of beer, and of course, uh, we have our ongoing promotion, which we never charge deposit fees. Jay, you mentioned you mentioned the mobile, and obviously, you, yeah, you have the betting station set up and everything else. But you, there's so many opportunities to make bets and fire away. And how many people are sitting there watching the tournament, like? Oh wait, I'm gonna bet this game. Oh, it just started. What just happened? Like you need to have the mobile all the time, but this is the time of year. The tournament is is the best time for it for sure. Oh yeah, for all the end game, there there are a lot of opportunities, and people are looking at it. You can see even some of our regular VIPs. They all have mobile accounts now, and you know even though they're sitting in the VIP booth, they're betting from their phones. And you know you're watching a game. We all watch games, and we have opinions as the the game progresses and. Certainly having that, you know, option to be able to bet, you know, your phone right from your seat, you know, gives you a better chance of getting those things down and having, you know, probably a little bit more entertainment than they normally would. Jay Cornegay is with us, the boss of Superbook Westgate. Hoop Central is going down Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the Westgate. I wanted to talk about setting the lines in this because it seems to me like a lot of the first-round lines are closer than they've ever been. Does that say more about the balance and depth of college basketball, or a lot about the savviness of the betters? Uh, I think it's a combination of things. Um, I think there's a little bit more balance uh, in the game itself. I also believe that the the betters have been a little bit more savvy over the years, but also the results. I mean, we used to, you know, we used to see so many of these large spreads in March Madness years ago. And, and now you look at, you know, a team like uh, Memphis is giving two, two and a half to Florida Atlantic. You know, a lot of these yeah. mid-majors or small schools get a lot of respect based off of the talent that they have. But also just looking at the overall results uh, in the last, uh, well, last more than the last few years. But it's been going on for some time now. Yeah, I'm kind of blown away by when you look at the bracket contest, uh, you know, the people are in and a lot of people are going with Duke. I know Adam's very high on Duke, and then yet you look at their first round game. It's a five twelve, and it's not much of a spread. Yeah, first, first yeah, game. Of course we don't we don't control the seeds, and we don't pay attention to the seeds. <laughs> but now that you brought that up, Steve, I got to tell you, all right, Adam. You know that's the flavor of the week. Uh, we yeah. got. I mean, over the last couple of days, we've taken more bets and more money on Duke futures than we have. <laughs> it feels like for the entire season. So a lot of people on Duke this week. 
Is is there an, an underdog? I mean, it seems like whenever somebody decides that an under, underdog is a trendy pick, everyone just runs and, and bets them not only to, to to score the upset but also to cover. Is there one that literally everyone is just walking up to the window to bet this week? Um, let's see. I I'm looking at a few things, and not necessarily underdogs. I know that we took a lot of action on teams that were playing Mountain West teams. Mm. We took some bets on Northwestern. We took uh, Missouri, Arizona State. Um, so it, it, it was a little, you know, I, I'm, I'm a mid- uh, Mountain West guy, so I'm rooting for, for that conference a bit. And I know that the results haven't been good over the last few years. And then to see that um, makes me a little bit more concerned that they're going to underperform once again. But I... You know what? I haven't really seen. Let me let me look through here just a second because I haven't really seen that many. I've seen a couple of favorites now. Tennessee, you know, went from ten to twelve. We saw some money on Virginia. We saw some money on uh, Xavier. Um, I haven't really seen that one underdog yet. But I'm sure by the time we get to tomorrow yeah. morning, that popular underdog or underdog is going to pop up. Well, you mentioned the Mountain West. Uh, I've heard a lot of chatter about a uh, a number that you guys had of three and a half wins for the Mountain West in this tournament. Now, the Ooh. Mountain West does get started in about two hours, or an hour and a half, four, hour 45 now. Um, three and a half <laughs> wins is, is generous for a team that didn't win any, or a lead that didn't win any last year. Yeah, we, you know, there's a mixture of opinions, as usual, uh, <laughs> in the back room. And as you can imagine what, you know, we have to deal with, you know, between John Ed, Jeff, and a couple of guys <laughs> there. You know, uh, we we definitely don't agree all the time, and we certainly didn't agree with that number. All, uh, let's say all of us. It wasn't a consensus. Uh, Big Ten, eight. So that that's an interesting one because Purdue is probably going to carry the torch for that league, but uh, maybe not a whole lot of faith in some of the other teams in that league. Yeah, no, there's not – you know, they just have so many. I mean, you know, I know there's been some talk about Penn State and um, maybe even, um, you know, uh, Northwestern, which we mentioned before, um, even maybe Illinois as a small dog there. You know, it's Big Ten, you know, I can see them getting out of here with maybe, you know, three or four wins and then maybe getting to 10 somehow. But, uh, yeah, it's all Purdue and the rest. But all those rest, uh, rest of the games, I mean, it feels like, they're all close to going either way. I mean, I could see them going. I could see like six of these teams losing in the first round. The huh. Cofield and Company, Jay Cornegay is with us. Westgate, Hoop Central going down uh, next couple of days. Of course, down at the Westgate inside the Superbook and also uh, at the theater. Ed and Tyler will be doing their live show in the morning huh. from the Superbook. Got the big theater with 1,500 seats, a great food and drink specials. Go to Ticketmaster.com to get your tickets to make sure you have a reserved seat. And uh, the doors open at 8.30, 9 a.m. games, of course, on Thursday and Friday. You guys also have a contest, right, a Hoop Central showdown? We do. Yeah, we're taking entries all the way until 10 p.m. tonight uh, because it gets a little hectic there uh, late tonight and early tomorrow morning. So the selection deadline uh, is 10 p.m. tonight. Uh, we have about uh, what we have all 32 games that are being played uh, t- tomorrow and Friday. They pick them all. Whoever picks the most winners, uh, you know, is in the prize money. And it's a hundred dollar entry fee, uh, three max 
Uh, and uh, it's a pretty good contest. Got a lot of uh, inquiries about it over the last couple of days, and that's something that we've been running over the last few years, uh, and it seems to be gaining in popularity each and every year. So 10 o'clock tonight, I'll see you at 9.55. Does that work? <laughs> yeah, it worked for me because I'll probably be like cuddled up on my, you know, bed or something. And, you know, the guys behind the counter might give you a stink eye, but okay. That'll be good. No, I'm definitely coming down there to get in that. I love it. All the contests you guys do, I mean, um, of course, the, the Super Contest is a famous one, but uh, for all these different things, the Super Bowl prop contest is very fun. The season win total contests are great. So uh, thanks for doing another one, and I'll definitely be down there to join in. Yeah, we have baseball wins coming up. That's right around the corner. So we're taking entries for that right now as uh, we post over-unders uh, for each and every team. And, again, it's a season-long contest. Uh, a lot of people like it because you basically have action every single day uh, throughout the entire season. It's a long summer, but uh, that's uh, gaining in popularity as well. So baseball win totals and uh, a few others that uh, we run and, and we've come up with. We have a few more surprises but, that I can't announce yet, but uh, oh they're coming up. Oh, boy. Jay, excellent oh, job. We'll, uh, we'll see you out there on Thursday or Friday or Saturday. Thanks, man. Steve, Adam, thanks. Thank you. There he is, Jay Cornegay from the Westgate. You know, on your question, and we'll follow up on this um, after the break, on your question about dogs, popular dogs, I was actually looking at ticket count. I was just going to go a percentage of tickets. You actually have to wait mostly to Friday to find popular dogs. And a lot of them are in like, you know, one, one and a half, two point situations. I'll give sure. you a list of those and see what you think. Cause I think, unfortunately, I'm on some of the public dogs. And believe me, it's not like 80 20 tickets. It's, you know, 55 45. Cofield and Company. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lures. Give them a call at 766 1400 anywhere in the state of Nevada. You know, really, I like the matchup, um, and you know, I think we have some athleticism and some things that we can do to be disruptive to them too. So um, we're going to stay confident. Uh, we highly respect our opponent, uh, but we're not scared. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Nevada men playing later today. That'll be a six o'clock start. First four. Taking on Arizona State with Hurley and Warren Washington and Cambridge. Lady Rebels. That was Lindy LaRock there. Is there in the tournament as an 11 seed. And uh, she's a bulldog. Her players mimic Lindy. Yeah, they're not afraid. And when she says there's some athleticism, I think she probably believes there's an athletic advantage. And they are going to try to run and press, just like they did all year, and gas out. Michigan, we'll see if it works on Friday. You can hear that game on ESPN Las Vegas on Friday starting at noon. So Adam was just talking uh, about the public dog. And I was looking at ticket counts, right, for the NCAA tournament bracket. I'm trying to you know, make my bets, fill out my bracket. Sometimes there are two different things. Public dogs by percentage, you know, percentage of the tickets being on the side of the dog. Boise State is 50, uh, has 56% of the tickets in the Northwestern matchup, getting one and a half. Is that one that you would be like, eh? Or how does it, how big does it have to be? Because there's no, there's, it's not like college football or the NFL where you get crazy situations with like a 75-25 ticket split. Most of these are going to be in the 55 to 65 range percent. Yeah, the only, I don't care if people aren't a favorite. It's only if, if there's like, if we're getting up to like 65% of people on a dog, yeah, I'm, I'm on the favorite. Like that's the only time I ever care. So there's what what splits. So USC is 59 of the tickets. They're getting one and a half against Michigan State. Uh, by the way, Andy Enfield 
I think I have it in some of the notes I put in here, is actually 10-2 and two ATS during uh, his time playing in the – not playing, coaching in the NCAA tournament. Now, part of that is uh, he made a run with uh, FGCU, but still 10-2 and two is 10-2. and two. Yeah. So, now that said, does he have an advantage over Tom uh, – Tom Izzo, I almost called him Tom Crean. Too much Tom Crean on TV lately. Yeah. Uh, does he have a coaching advantage? I, I don't – I don't necessarily think so. Um, but also, Michigan State's a weird team mm-hmm. in that, you know, early in the year they were playing really, really well against good competition. They had some down times. Uh, then there's times they look really good. Like they're just not they're not a traditional Michigan State team of the past, but I, I think that they can put it together, kind of like them in this spot. But And I'm also, when I talk about underdogs, like just because a team has a plus next to their name doesn't necessarily mean they're an underdog. I'm talking about like a – you know, 12, 13 seed that everyone yeah, in the uh, world starts jumping on. I don't think and, that, and well, here, even, here's one. Okay, because I was going to throw Drake in Miami is what, a 6-11 game? Um, yeah. Drake has 65% of the tickets. Yep. It's plus two. Uh, VCU is up to 70% of the tickets, and I actually have VCU going <sighs> going far in the tournament against St. Mary's. Um, I don't want to say that's, you know, East Coast bias. But 70% of no, the tickets catching four? I don't think it's East Coast bias. I think it's uh, people watched only one game of St. Mary's this year, and it was the Gonzaga blowout loss. And now this matchup. WCC championship game. Right. And here's the other one. And this is this goes to, I don't think this is what people are betting, but the more telling game than the, than the Gonzaga blowout to me was the second half of the BYU game in the semis. And I don't know how many people watched it. St. Mary's won the game, but they were up. 29, I believe, in the second half, and it got cut all the way down to like five. And it was because BYU put on a press, and St. Mary's could not handle it. And guess who they draw in the first round? Now, did the committee do that on purpose? Who knows? But they looked horrible against the press, and now they've got to play a pressing team. That's concerning. So I liked VCU, but now I see that. It might not necessarily put me on St. Mary's, but it's it's probably going to keep me off betting VCU. Do you like any of these trends where they use – Offense and defensive efficiency. There's a case in this tournament where you've got uh, three teams that are top 10 efficiency on offense, but outside of the top 100 on D, it's Iowa, Baylor, and Mizzou. And going back about 20 years, those teams that fit in that criteria are just 5 and 19 straight up in the first. And none of the 24 have made the Sweet 16. Uh, Sweet 16. Again, it's Iowa, Baylor, and Mizzou. Great on offense, D, not so much. Just want to say thank you, Aaron. You know, I mean, it is. it really has been a pleasure, a joy, and a privilege watching you play. Like, some of the best memories of my entire adult life are watching, you know, you with my brothers and my dad. It sucks, obviously. Like, I, I wanted you to retire a Packer, but I'm glad you're still playing. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Who's that dude? Some Packers fan on the McAfee show? Ty Schmidt. Part of the toxic table. Yeah, no one cares. Here's toxicity <laughs> back. Most of us don't like you. You're pukes. You don't appreciate the fact that you had 28 years of Favre and Rodgers. So, uh, and I also hope you get fleeced by the Jets in this deal. Well, of, course, of course you do. I'm a Jets fan, but... Yeah. Uh, I hope misery ensues for the next 10 years. Enjoy Jordan Love. You tried to come over the top early in the show. We had to go to break, but you were going to suggest that what Jordan Love could be another Favre and Rogers, and it could be 10 or 12 more years of this. I just said if, save it. Save I will it just tell in you case. right now. Let's bring in Chris Matthews, who's a grizzled veteran of this biz. Chris, 
I'm telling you right now, I'm done with radio shortly. If Jordan Love is awesome and the Packers have like 40 years of a good number one quarterback, I can't deal with it. <laughs> you're done. I'm done. Yeah, you're I'm done. Out. You, well, you might be out. Yes, I could. Uh, I'm. I'm going to quit. I'm gonna. Everyone's gonna. Everyone's getting penalized because the Packers are good at drafting quarterbacks. No one will care. Um, all right, let's talk. You know, I wanted to bring you in because I wanted to talk about for a lot of reasons. I wanted to talk about Darren Waller. First of all, I wanted to get your take, Chris Matthews, on Waller going bye bye. Kind of shocking for a lot of Raiders fans. What about you seeing Darren Waller to the Giants? Is it shocking? I mean, he, two years ago he had a phenomenal season. Nobody can argue that. The injuries. What What does everybody always say? Ability is tied to availability. Mm-hmm. Um, the injuries. What do you play? Fourteen games over the past two years, so he's missed so many games. But, but like I said last night on the air, what 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 I'm going to miss about this guy? Obviously, he was a talented tight end, no doubt about that. But he did so much in the community. He was the very first guy when the Raiders moved to Las Vegas to hold his big foundation dinner. You remember that up at the uh, sure. Dragon Ridge Country Club and. And it was with the masks, and some of the guys took the masks off, and it was a big, big deal and so forth. But, but anyway, he was the first guy to really get into the community and hold one of those big, big fundraisers for his foundation where he raised a ton of money for all the kids and the young adults here in Las Vegas. And, and he did that every year. What was it called? Beyond the Wall, I think, was his, was his deal. And, and we were at the last one just, uh, what, three, four months ago, whatever, and this guy has done so much in the community, so I, that, that's where I'm going to really miss the guy, super nice guy, everybody knows the story of Darren Waller and, and the talent that he has, but that story was just phenomenal, so you know what, he's gone, he's gone, and then now they have to look uh, either through the draft, which is a deep draft, by the way, a couple of these guys are Las Vegas, yeah. you got that uh, Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid played at Utah, Faith Lutheran guy, and then the Darnell Washington, so they might just decide to go... Uh, go through the draft and pick up a guy. They, so it's going to be interesting to kind of see. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, a loss to get a third-round pick back. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, they got Jacoby Myers and, and uh, Renfro and Devontae. And who they go out and get another tight end, or they go through the draft and get a tight end, deep draft with the tight ends this year. So I'm going to be kind of fascinated to see what they do um, with that uh, with that position. What did you think of all the uh, drama that was suggested about the double wedding thing with Plum and Waller and Crosby? And now people are, Chris, people are really running on the uh, the internets and writing for papers. Like they think McDaniels really did get rid of him because he wasn't invited to the wedding based on it was clearly a joke. Plum's tweet. This is absurd. <laughs> I like that. What was that? Uh, he wasn't invited. Or yeah, he wasn't like invited. That? Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't invited. Yeah, that that I, I laughed hard with that. That was funny. Ah, that can't be the reason, right? I mean, you let petty little feelings get in the way of big decisions like that for a franchise. If that's the case, then he shouldn't be the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, I would say this about McDaniels and Ziegler. I think they're quite the opposite. I think emotions are almost never a part of what they do. And that's why, uh, again, I wanted to have you on because I saw your tweet about the foundation. And I was like, yeah, we went a little too Patriot way. Like, yeah, that's the way it goes. Got to move on. You know, And you don't always want to be like that when you're analyzing football. Uh, your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo now as the guy? I like that. I mean, is, is it kind of crossover with Carr? Is, is it a, is it a is it a almost a parallel move with Carr and Garoppolo? You hear that uh, Derek Carr can you know he throws deep a little more often than Garoppolo. The, the 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 concern I have with Garoppolo, obviously, I guess he's a great. And I've I've never even met the guy, but what you hear and what you read from other players, he's phenomenal in the locker room. So that's going to be. Uh, that's going to be interesting. I don't know if Derek Carr was really that 
much of a big rah-rah leader guy in the locker mm-hmm. room. You know, Derek Carr was a phenomenal worker, a Raider through and through. You know, he even he was emotional at that one press conference following the game. So you know he was a, a true blue Raider, bled silver and black. I mean, that guy was a Raider. So you know that passion that he had in his heart for the Raiders. But I don't know. We were talking to uh, K.J. Wright, who spent a year here, and he was locked next to uh, Josh Jacobs. And so he got to know these guys. And he says that nobody worked harder than Derek Carr, but Derek Carr was not going to be one of those guys that gets in there, gets everybody fired up. And that, that, lead, that, that vocal kind of a leader uh, was not Derek Carr. Uh, passion, worked hard. You could never outwork Derek Carr. So we'll see what, uh, what uh, Jimmy G is like in the locker room. He's apparently everybody likes the guy. He's a great locker room guy. Uh, uh, he's got weapons to throw to. It's going to be interesting. But now can he stay healthy? I think he's had five injuries since 2018. That's kind of slowed his uh, progress down a little bit. So we'll see what uh, what he can do. Can he stay healthy here? Hopefully. Do they uh, do they go get a quarterback in the second round, third round, a guy that can develop? Who knows what they're going to do in that draft? That's what makes this draft so exciting, by the way, I think, anyway. Look at Chris Matthews taking shots at Derek Carr on the way out. <laughs> no, here's what I will say about Derek Carr. I think he's one of the nicest guys. You, you will not find a nicer guy, right? Nobody will argue that. Derek Carr, in terms of a, a just a good guy, a guy that you'd uh, have fun with, laugh with. He went golf. If he was our, if he was our foursome in a golfing uh, 18 holes, we'd have a blast with the guy, guaranteed, right? But I don't know if he was that big rah-rah leader. This from the things that you hear and so forth. But yeah. Now, do you need that? I don't know. I've never, I've never been in an NFL locker room. These guys are all professionals, and you, you know what happens with some of these college coaches who, who try to be rah-rah-rah with the, the college atmosphere. It doesn't work. So, I, I mean, I don't know. But, I, but you can tell that he wasn't a big, loud on the uh, sideline. They, you never, ever saw Derek Carr get in the face of another player like, uh, like you saw Tom Brady this past season, you know, talking about, uh, uh, you know, just we got to go out and get this done. We got to do this. We got to do our jobs. You, didn't, you never saw that. Is it true that you're upset that Jimmy Garoppolo's signing dropped you down on the most handsome people in Las Vegas list? Mm. Are you kidding me? No, I didn't catch that list. That's been a real- <laughs> we made it up. We made it up. Just, we, every day we just want to mention the uh, Garoppolo's Wait, did I, looker. But it, did I drop below Adam Hill now? <laughs> no, you wow. still stayed above me. <laughs> now we're, get, now we're just, getting ridiculous. You just Come dropped on, one spot. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's, now it's bordering on absurd. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, the the Raiders have a lot of turmoil. One team that doesn't is the Lady Rebs. I'll just make that transition. Uh, exciting times for Lady Rebel basketball here in Las Vegas. How fun was this? I mean, we were talking. I was talking to Regina Miller the other day about this team and how exciting it is and how fun it is because she she outside of Lindy LaRock, she was the last coach to take a team to the NCAA tournament way back in what was it two thousand and two, I believe, or whatever. So it was Minnesota, and they lost in the first round. And, and it was obviously different times and different talent level in the Mountain West, but uh, just an exciting time for this team. They've strung together that great. Now they got. I think. Well, here's one other thing I would say: Lindy LaRock has to improve her non-conference schedule. Everybody will agree with that, and she'll and she'll do that. She'll improve that. But to have this team, what they've done, one of only a handful of thirty-plus wins in the season. That was a twenty-two straight wins in a row. I think the last loss was back in the middle of December. So. Now can they go up against a Power 5 team that's, uh, you know, across the board probably pretty good, and now can they compete with one of these teams? That's what's going to be interesting yeah. to, to see on Friday night, just how they match up with a team that across the board is 
probably pretty good outside of these Mountain West teams. It's just going to be a different level of competition. Are they really that good? We'll see on Friday. Chris Matthews with us, Sports 8 up on Twitter, 8 News Now. He's a longtime sports voice here in Las Vegas. I saw that you retweeted Danny Tarkanian's picture of uh, Larry Johnson with Lois Tarkanian. I thought, you know what, I thought that was so cool. I was, in fact, I was even driving into work today thinking how neat that is. He played back here in the 90s, you know, it's 30 years plus ago, whatever, and, and still, he, he, you know, he goes back, enjoys a, a birthday dinner with, with the wife of the legend, and he, you know, obviously didn't have to do. I just think he was probably such a face of Las Vegas. He was Las Vegas, Carcanian, Larry Johnson, Stacy Ogman, those guys, and what he's done and what he continues to do. I hope that uh, I hope Kevin Kruger kind of reaches out like Lon did. Lon had Larry and Stacy and those guys always coming to practices, and, and it was just a different time. I hope Kevin can do that and kind of bring that uh, the, the old guys back and have them part of the program. Let them, you know, kind of help Kevin in any way they can to kind of regain some of that uh, that past and it seems like disappearing nostalgia. Yeah, you mentioned the 90s ties go back to the 80s, and we've got this Nevada matchup, and we're on in Reno right now. We have an hour every day on ESPN Reno. You go back to that era. You got Nevada today taking on Arizona State, Bobby Hurley against Steve Alford. There's been a debate on the show. <laughs> if you're a Rebels fan, who do you root for? Uh, does anybody really root for UNR if you're a Rebel fan? I don't think so. I, you know what? Adam keeps pitching that it's good for the conference, it's good for the school money-wise, but uh, I think fans aren't thinking about the financials of this whole thing. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they don't care about units. We had, they want UNR. They want Reno to lose regardless yeah. of units. We had Willie Ramirez, and you know Will, Willie's like, <laughs> oh, it's you know if you're going to root for someone, it's in-state, you got to root for him. Like, I'll tell you right now, no one in Reno listening right now is going to be rooting for a freaking UNLV when it does make the NCAA tournament again. That will not happen. <laughs> yeah. You... You don't root for the other team, regardless. It doesn't matter. You're absolutely right. No one's going to be rooting for UNR tonight. They're going to be hoping that Arizona State beats them. Yeah, there's a, there's no way it's happening. Did you? Uh, are you in a bracket contest? You do a Final Four. You got a team that you like to win the I championship. You root for Utah State. Gonna, what are you doing? Together. I'm putting, actually, I'm putting three of them. I'm not like. I guess Adam has like five or six or eight, right, Adam? I'm not going to do that. Like thirty. I'm going to put a couple of them together. <laughs> like thirty. <laughs> it's too. You know what? It's too hard. I could never be a sports better because I go nuts. I, it just takes too much of my time. I, I get nervous and ang- anxiety is just too much. It's like that power slap thing I went to over the weekend. Yeah. What you? By the way, what do you think? Because uh, Willie Ramirez came in. Adam doesn't like it, and he's uh, he's drawn the ire of uh, one Dana White. But uh, Willie came back. He thought it was like the greatest thing he'd ever seen. You know what I really liked about it? And it, it uh, here, I'll sit right at the bat. It's it's not for everybody and. But I'd be the first one if it was at the Roman Coliseum. Hey, we got lions and people. I'd be the first one there. Let's go see. But it's it's fun. I like it. I, I, it's fast. Here's what Dana White told me afterwards. I thought this is perfect, a perfect analogy. You know, he talked about how in the early days of the UFC when people were complaining, the same thing. We've all heard that. But what he, what he said after this thing, which I thought, you know what, that is true. He said today's young adults have such a short attention span, they need something right now. This has happened. That's happening. We've got to move on. Let's move on. Let's go to the next thing. Well, that's kind of what this is. A couple of slaps, it's over. You move the next guy's in there. A couple of slaps, it's over. The, uh, the knockouts were, were crazy. The guy stumbles around. He tries to get up. It's one of those train wrecks that you, you don't want to see, but then you can't look away. That's what it was. It, but, but I liked it. I, yeah, I'll be the first to admit I liked it. i got a fun little piece coming up tonight at 6 o'clock that hopefully uh, your listeners can watch on Channel 8. It's going to be a fun little uh, uh, piece on power slapping about 6.20. Hope, make sure you watch it. 
Adam looking at me like he wants to slap me for bringing it up. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? Some of us like the sport. Uh, Chris, we'll be watching. Listeners out there, make sure you watch 8 News Now. You can follow uh, Chris up at Sports 8 on Twitter. Chris, always appreciate you stepping up to do a spot with us. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good show. Did you go back and watch Power Slap? Missed it. You didn't go back and watch the highlights? Oh, of course I saw the highlights. You, you can't avoid the highlights. Great. If you're on TikTok or Instagram, great. that's what it's made for, as I've said all along. It's great. It is funny, though. The media people in this market, the president of the company was calling you all scumbags, and everyone's like, yep, I'm going to go.